here's a message from Ken Lavica. Well, closeout Wednesday sucked. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. All right. Well, last night, first, this happened. At Madison Square Garden. There's no way Robinson expected a pass there. At all. He was looking at trying to get in position in case the shot came out. Foul on Duncan Robinson. Oh! Jalen Brunson got a three. And then this happened on ESPN at FLA Live Arena. Alpstone, it's official. Closeout Wednesday was a dud. It was the worst holiday of the year. What a terrible holiday. What an awful holiday. And there's a lot of holidays that I just find to be useless. Like, what are we doing with President's Day? What's the point of President's Day? Why do we need to honor the presidents when they're the ones who sat on the White House for four or eight years? They're the ones who get a Secret Service detail. They're the ones who get their face carved on mountains. Why do presidents need an additional President's Day? Why do the kids have to stay home from school and keep me from an honest day's work? Because the presidents need another holiday. Like President's Day, close out Wednesday sucked listen i don't have anything else other to say about it than the heat there were times of listlessness and watching them shoot threes was like getting a root canal while laying on the pavement outside of our anna john levine accident attorney studios with no numbing agent with no gas Stone just propped over me, ripping out my bicuspid. That was the equivalent of what we saw and what I felt when the Heat were trying to shoot from three last night. As far as the Panthers are concerned, could you just put some shots on goal? Could you just put some shots on goal? Yeah, give our boy Bob some help. A a, a goaltender making the first start of his life at the professional level nearly shut out the Panthers last night. And won a playoff game in which his team was in do or die down three games to none. So overall, Stone, I give uh, I give closeout Wednesday one star. Do not like, would not do again. Yeah, we're not bringing that one back. We're not bringing that one back until closeout Friday comes tomorrow. <laughs> Literally tomorrow. <laughs> Everybody knows it's more fun to close out series on Fridays anyway. <laughs> Uh, going to the weekend, the week's over, right? It makes a lot more sense. Um, do we have the Knicks fans? Do we have the Knicks fans? So here's the biggest problem to me. And this is why, while I I feel confident still, I slept fine last night. In fact, I wasn't really ready to wake up when my alarm went off at 5.05 a.m. I still had more sleep left in me. 
Uh, but uh, my big dog, Howard, uh, he needed to go out, so he woke me up. And so whatever, it was time to get up. But I, it's not like I was restless. I slept fine. The prospect of the Heat coming back to Kaseya Center for Game 6 on Friday, I am not panicked in any way, shape, or form. I feel great about the entire thing. I'll explain to you in a second why I feel great about the entire thing, but this is why this is annoying. Because the Heat open up the door for the irrational, the delusional, the buckethead losers up in New York who love to get in front of the camera on 7th Avenue, and they love to... And my theory is, you remember my theory, Stone... Knicks fans under the age of 40 aren't exactly excited. They're not, they're not excited about the Knicks playoff run. What they're excited for is that it gives them an opportunity to go viral. It gives an opportunity for Barstool to bring out the cameras. It gives an opportunity for Complex, which this is from, to bring out the cameras so they can act a fool, so they can act like complete circus clown jackasses because listen to these losers with the Knicks within a game, three games to two in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Listen to these blithering morons last night partying outside of Madison Square Garden. I have a question for you, Jimmy Butler. Do you wish you came to the Knicks? Knicks and mother seven. Oh my God, these Knicks morons! Get a job. I'm smoking at my handy pack. He was vaping. What a loser! You and your fake Tim's. KD, how did he get involved in this? Trey Young. I hate them. I mean, Knicks fans are the absolute worst. I can't wait to finally close these clowns out because enough already. I mean, the true sign of a loser fan base is having an obsession with hating Trey Young, right? Like, Trey, when Trey Young is your biggest villain, your biggest enemy, you are down bad as a fan base. Like, the Heat number one villain, the Heat number one villain is Jason Tatum or Joel Embiid. That's respectable. That is the sign of a cultured, of an advanced fan base. Knicks fans obsessed with Trey Young as if Jimmy Butler ain't 20 times, 30 times better than that dude, especially in the postseason, down bad. But this is why last night, this is the suckiest part about last night. Not the fact that the series is extended to a game six. Not the fact that maybe we're seeing Scott Foster on Friday and his officiating crew at Kaseya Center. It's that these fools now have hope that they're coming back from down three games to one. And... uh, Their clown show outside of Penn Station for the Barstool and Complex cameras is going to continue. They are so damn annoying. Yeah, and what what really gets me about watching some of these clips, or let alone hearing some of these clips, is, you know... And by the way, they all look how they sound. 100% they look how they They all look how they sound, okay? But they're... (laughs) White! Their team's not good, therefore you're not allowed to do this. Like, if you were the fan base... Of a team who's constantly contending, who's constantly in the mix, mm-hmm. who has 
you know, winning records over some right. of these big teams. Who it's has one the, thing. the most playoff wins of anybody in the NBA since 2019? All the Heat. It, it'd be one thing, but down 3-1 in the series, just hoping to stay alive, doing this, I acting mean, out this way. I mean, it's tough. It, I was, it's not warranted. I was getting crap from people yesterday calling yesterday closeout Wednesday. Want to know why I can get away with that? Want to know why I don't look like a fool like these people? Because I'm a Miami Heat fan, and all the Heat do are consistently win in the playoffs. So when the Heat are up three games to one, the common sense assumption right. is that these dudes with Jimmy Butler are going to find a way to close out the series. It didn't happen last night. Jimmy Butler was strangely quiet and vanilla last night. But this is why I don't feel panicked at all is because the Heat played their worst game of the postseason other than game two of the Bucks series. And what happened? They got down 19 in the third quarter and got within a bucket with three minutes left to go. They found a way, despite just abhorrent, nightmare shooting, especially from distance. I mean, that was an absolute tragedy. 13 of 43 from three last night were the Heat, just chucking them like they were the Golden State Warriors, except if the Warriors had seven undrafted players on the roster, okay? It was ugly. It was terrible. It was horrific. The Heat defense was the worst it's been in the series, and they still trimmed a 19-point third-quarter lead down to two with three minutes left to go and had the, the, the supernatural setting of Madison Square Garden sitting on pins and needles for the final three minutes. Nothing was finished until it got to 30 seconds left to go in the game. So that's why me, Stone, me, Ken Lavica, and by the way, I hope it's okay I brought up numbers on this show, but that's why me, Ken Lavica, that's why I am not panicked at all, and I say heat and six. So a few things here. I hope you had the same reaction that I did. Actually, I don't hope that you had the same reaction that I did. But last night, watching them shoot the way they did from beyond the arc, I remembered how bad they were in the regular season shooting beyond the arc. Like, I had forgotten in this playoff run that this was normal to them. 13-14 of 42. Like That is what they did constantly throughout the regular season. I this was for- the regular season heat last night. 100%. And, yeah. and, and I had forgotten about it. I know. Right. Because over the last two and a half weeks, we've been so spoiled with the playoff version of the heat that we forgot about how miserable the regular season version of the heat were. And then the regular season heat came back last night. So watching last night, I'm like, oh, God, these guys can't make a basket. Like, yeah. they can't make anything from beyond the arc. And then I was like, oh, my God, this oh, God. is February 13th <laughs> yeah, uh, of 2023. Say, uh, this is December. <laughs> and, and then another thing. We talk about the Heat not being sexy, not being followed, not getting the national attention. There's a part of you think that Heat fans need to react and act out the way that Knicks fans do. I know you want to say no, but does something in the back of your mind tell you yes? Like the Heat needs something no. that is going to no. further drive. Don't no, don't drag yourself. Okay. Okay. Don't drag yourself into the cesspool that is Knicks <laughs> fandom and that clown behavior. When you're if if Heat fans stood outside of Kaseya Center. And the complex cameras were there. And they started chanting, bleep Trey Young. I would be humiliated as a Heat fan. Humiliated at the behavior. Trey Young has been, the focus on Trey Young is beneath the Miami Heat. The focus on Trey Young is beneath this refined fan base that has celebrated a championship 
actually three championships in the last 30 years, 40 years. No, no. Do not drag yourself down to Knicks fan level. Oh, Ken always talks bad about Knicks fans. Ken always talks bad about Knicks fans. Ken's a jerk. Ken's biased. Well, one, yes, I'm biased. Two, the only reason I speak as poorly about Knicks fans as I do is because of nonsense, abject dopedom like this outside of Madison Square Garden. Jimmy Butler, do you wish you came to the Knicks? Knicks and mother... All right, enough already. So, you know what it is? You know what it is? It feels like, and this is, again, why it's so frustrating the door is open for Game 6, and at least there's hope within the Knicks fan base. I truly believe that Knicks fans, what's more important to them than the Knicks going to the finals, if you're under the age of 40, it's popping up on someone's Instagram feed the day after a Knicks win. That's more important to young Knicks fans. That, to me, I don't want Heat fans thinking that they should even have to approach that type of of landfill of fandom. So you think there's no translation to popping up on somebody's Instagram feed to popping up on first take 24-7? Like, that he can do it, execute no, it in a better sucks. way. that sucks. That sucks. That's a Gen Z thought process. Get out of here. Well, get how, out of here, youngster. How uh-huh. else are we going to fix the problem that our boys don't get spoken about? Like, do we need to smoke cigars and I'm, get on Instagram feeds? Like, do they need to be no. outside Casana Center smoking Nick's you know pack with, gonna, the, with fatty cigars? Like, do it something some other way. No, here's what's going to happen. The Heat win Friday, Saturday, ESPN, Knicks propaganda will be mourning the end of the Knicks season, and that is what I will bathe in. (laughs) Okay. I don't even need a single solitary, I don't need a single solitary point about why Jimmy Butler was so vastly improved from game six compared to game five, or why Eric Spolstra outcoached Tom Thibodeau. I don't need one of those things. What I will bathe in is the obituary of the New York Knicks. I can get by. That's what I'll bathe in. Because there's going to be a lot to bathe in. So, again, could could the Knicks force a Game 7? Sure. Anything can happen. And the way I look at it right now, you had an eight-seed Heat, which that was one of the most unwatchable regular seasons in modern Heat history. And they get three shots. Count them three, three, three shots to get into the Eastern Conference Finals. And if they can't do that, then Stone, Stone simply put, it wasn't meant to be. Right? And I can live with that. Will it be frustrating? Will I be pulling my hair out what's left of it? Yeah, absolutely. But the fact remains, the Heat put themselves in a position to get three shots at going to the Eastern Conference Finals. If we if we went ahead and played the what-if-I-told-you game, what if I told you that the Heat would be coming back to Kaseya Center with a 3-2 lead in the second round of the postseason on the Knicks back before they played the Hawks in the play-in game, I'd say, how in the hell did that happen? That's insane. And you know what? Here we are, three games to two, coming back home, looking to close it out. I would have had no background on how it got to three games to two, would have had no idea the path that the Heat took. You just told me, Heat up 3-2, going to Kaseya Center against the Knicks with a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I'd say? Heat, take my money. I'm going. We've been... Okay. Uh, more than okay. We've been preaching the gospel together for about a year and a half. I've been alongside you. That right there, playing that what-if game, that if somebody were to say, hey, we're up 3-2 in the second round against the New York Knicks. This Heat team? In that thought process? I mean, that's glass half full stuff from me. 
That's eternal optimism. This is good. I told you I slept good. good. This is good stuff. I told you I slept good, man. This is awesome. I told you I slept good. Now, let's get to and the also, first. And also, 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 yeah. you will not be able to live with yourself if they go seven and lose. <laughs> don't, don't put that out there. Uh, so Because so, you're not showing up. I'll never hear from you again. Nobody will ever hear from you again. Just, just I mean, let's not I, play that I game. I will be thrusting myself into Biscayne Bay. Yes, you will. With weights on my feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll approach that when it comes, okay? And hopefully it doesn't come. Game six. Again, but, but all jokes aside, I feel fine. I feel fine about the Heat chances. Again, last night, they are abysmal. 30% from three, and it felt worse. 13 of 43 from beyond the arc, and they didn't defend at all. And they find themselves within two, with three minutes left to go. After trailing by 19, the Heat are fine. But here's what really frustrated me last night, and I think I'm so frustrated about it because it was so shocking to me. Jimmy Butler didn't make one winning play in the final four minutes last night. You would think the Heat get within a couple of possessions. Duncan Robinson shoots them back into the game. Kyle Lowry shoots them back into the game. From there, you're able to break the Knicks because you have playoff Jimmy. That didn't happen last night. Turning the ball over. Hesitant to take that uh, turnaround jumper. Um, The play that I thought killed the Heat was the Heat down three. R.J. Barrett drives out of control on the left side of the lane, clearly coming in too hot, misses off the window. He's already being challenged at the rim by Gabe Vincent. Jimmy comes over to help, and why? Why? So Jimmy leaves the entire paint open for Hartenstein to simply grab the carom off the front rim and dunk it back to a two-possession game And it was all downhill from there. You work so hard to get in that position and to have a brain fart like that from Jimmy who knows better. And I appreciate the aggressiveness, but he's too smart for that. And then he gets his pocket picked two possessions later that really put the game away by Gaines. And to me, the most frustrating part of last night for the Heat was the fact that not just the shooting wasn't there, but there were listless moments. But more so than that, Jimmy didn't set a tone. Jimmy didn't take over. We know he can take over. That's his M.O. And I know Jimmy's thing is always, I'm not a scorer. I'm not a scorer. I just play to win. I play uh, within what's, what's there for me with what the team gives me and what the game gives me. But that was set up for Jimmy to take over and close the coffin on the Knicks, and he didn't do it. And that, to me, is what I find myself most frustrated about today. Yeah, so Jimmy's a uh, six-speed. What, what car do you think Jimmy Butler would be? Um, Help me out. A, a, a sports car, but has a little muscle. Yeah, it, right? yeah, it's not the most sleek, but it's got a lot of power. I don't want to go Ford Bronco, right? I think that's a little too basic. But what's a nice that's hefty not a sports car either? That's an SUV. Yeah, but he's bigger than a sports car, nonetheless. No, it's something with muscle, like a Camaro. <sighs> I was I, I, Jimmy's a Camaro. That's fine. Yeah, so he's, he's got a little Camaro. muscle to him. Last night in the fourth quarter, he had it in fourth gear. Like he just couldn't get it fifth. Sixth. He just couldn't get yeah. it up there. It just wouldn't go. And you physically, could see mentally, all of it. it could have been a combination of both for sure. And, and I had brought this up to you earlier on before we even went live. There's just something in sports sometimes when, and, and, and we fought it hard, right? Greenberg and, and all of these guys, Jalen Rose, they, they the all weather. Say, not, 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 not necessarily the weather, but having no chance to win this game in, in the Lakers' case last night and in the Heat's case last night, you just felt like it was the Knicks' game to win from the start. You felt like it was the Warriors' game right off the tip. There's just something about these games that, that you're not supposed to win that you don't win a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, there's, there's no reason to panic. If you're a Heat fan, there's no reason to panic. Like, Knicks fans are annoyed and they have hope and fine. 
Like let him have fo- uh, let him have hope. But it's a spot for the Knicks to win the game. Like it, that's what it was. They the Knicks held serve at home in an elimination game. <gasps> that's never happened before in playoff history. God forbid the Knicks show some life, and they played Jalen Brunson all forty eight minutes. Like Tom Thibodeau had Jalen Brunson on the floor all forty eight minutes <laughs> last night because the Knicks were fighting for their life. You know what that is? Not sustainable. Jalen Brunson is a hell of a player, and that dude is, I, I'm, I'm ready to give him the E word. He's pretty elite. He's a savage. I mean, that dude is so automatic in the paint, that floater, that elbow jumper. You can't stop that. Gabe Vincent, bless his soul, he tries so hard, but there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. He is a baller, and he balled last night. And the Knicks... Staved off elimination. Is anybody surprised? Is anyone surprised? But that's what it took. The Knicks got up 19, should have been able to sail. And that's the difference between the Knicks and the Bucks. The Bucks in that game two in that series against the Heat, 30-point win, blew the doors off of the Heat, right? Because they have that ability. The Knicks don't have that. They let the Heat back into the game. Let the Heat back into the game. Needed Jalen Brunson to save their ass in a couple of timely shots from R.J. Barrett to save their ass. And Mitchell Robinson hitting six of eight free throws. Woo! What a pro. He, he got uh, going. By the way, if you're an NBA pro, all right, good for you to get a standing ovation. But when that standing ovation is because you went six of eight from the free throw line in a sequence, that's not the flex you think it is. Have some respect. All right? That's not the flex you think it is. But listen, the Knicks won an elimination game on their home floor. It's expected. It's expected. So fine. Now you come down, oh, MSG South. How has that treated the Knicks so far? They led a total of 10 seconds in two games at MSG South in games three and four of this series. It is why I'm not panicked. But I am frustrated that it could have ended last night, but we didn't get playoff Jimmy, as you said, stuck in fourth gear of a six-gear Camaro. I don't even know if a Camaro six gears. I have no idea about it. Of course it is. Cars. All right, fine, sure. I drive an automatic. Um, but that's what I'm frustrated about is that it could have been Closed out. It could have been closed out, but Jimmy just wasn't Jimmy. For me, what's most frustrating is 48 hours after Julius Randle drops, they wanted it more. The Heat get out-rebounded because it was kind of that back against the wall. All the you cor- knew it was going to happen, though. You knew it was going to happen. Sure, but in the case for the Knicks, like, I don't want to say they found something, but they could delusionally have found something last night in out-rebounding out the Heat. I know it was, I think they were plus minus 16 on the yeah, board. it was but minus 16 just like it was in game two. And then what happened after that? It wasn't minus 16 anymore. But the math equation, though, you got Julius Randle saying they wanted it more. Knicks fans really upset about that. To them getting out on the court and, in a sense, wanting it more. Out-rebounding, beating them on the glass. And, and, and if that's what they go in and break down some of this tape and say, hey, we need to do this exact same thing. And if they out-rebound the Heat again, their chances of winning that game are good, right? They're four-point underdogs. So for me, the rebounding was the most frustrating part. What was the most frustrating part about the Heat last night? And then there's the Panthers on closeout Wednesday. And simply put, for the Panthers, there did not seem to be much urgency there. Yeah, I gave it a period. That's all I gave it. It, it did it. it. So, so the way that I, I handled this with the Panthers on closeout Wednesday is as soon as the Heat game got to 19... The Panthers took over. On It was one nothing at that point in favor of Toronto when I flipped it on the TV. That got precedent. And it was the blowout was getting so bad at MSG. You know what I did? I didn't even give the Heat um, visual treatment. You know what <laughs> nice. I brought up? I brought up the GameCast. <laughs> I just went GameCast. So that all I had to pay attention to was like glancing to see if maybe the Heat were chipping away a little bit. But my attention was focused on the Panthers. Then they go down 2 nothing. But man. 
last night, and I know like Toronto defensively getting in shooting lanes, the Panthers, they looked so hesitant though. They looked so hesitant and it was so frustrating and so unbefitting of the type of desperation I wanted to see from a Panthers team to not give any hope to, again, to a similar fan base like Toronto. And instead, it's three games to one and this thing's going back to Toronto tomorrow night now for a game five that didn't necessarily have to be there. So it's frustrating, especially when you have an infant in goal for Toronto <laughs> and it, you couldn't you couldn't get the job done. But you got to be rational about this, too. You're up three games to one. I know you're going to Toronto, but even if you come back three, two, fine, fine. You you have four shots at this. And if you can't do it, then you can't do it. Right. Like that. That's the way it is. That's what I'm going to have to program my brain. But that's the way it is. Both of these teams put themselves in incredible positions to go to their respective conference finals. But the frustrating thing about the Panthers, there were times last night where they looked so hesitant. There was no urgency. The Heat playoff, Jimmy didn't show up when it was time to shut the door. That was super frustrating. The most frustrating part last night about the Heat and or the Panthers. The most frustrating part last night about the Heat and or the Panthers. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I'm looking at our friends on Breakfast TV. And they're dancing. They're dancing. They've got, are those uh, accordions yes, that they're they playing? Are. They're celebrating the Maple Leafs win. Uh, again, Breakfast TV on the BT Network in Ontario. It's the Good Morning America of Ontario. So they're celebrating playing accordions? Yeah. Have you listened to this at all? Should we just dive right in? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not much audio. It's just them celebrating. Thought it would kind of tick you off. Well, let's just hear these stupid accordions. <laughs> this is on... Na- well, I guess, I don't know if it's national television. There's there's people skipping an accordion's plane on this Good Morning America equivalent in Ontario to celebrate being down 3-1 in your show. Why do the Heat and the Panthers have to deal with loser fan base? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, what are we doing on, on Heat TV? Losers. They're all losers. Both of them. <laughs> Thought that one would just, get going. Just end these fools Friday, please. End these fools tomorrow. It's the most frustrating part last night for you about the Heat and or the Panthers. Have a thought on one, have a thought on both, but the most frustrating part for you, again, for me, Jimmy Butler didn't show up in Jimmy Butler time. He just could not get it going with a chance to close out the series. The Heat worked so hard to get themselves in that spot, passed the baton to Jimmy, and Jimmy just had a, a real poor anchor leg last night. Uh, and then the Panthers, it was just hesitant, hesitant, nervous, the entire time. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. When we come back, we're also going to hear from Dr. James Ross, our friend at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. I have some ankle questions because I just, it crossed my mind. It crossed my mind stone that he's still feeling the ankle that he's flat, he doesn't have the explosiveness, that the ankle's still bothering him. I didn't want to do this, but you saw Josh Hart close the gap when Jimmy went up for a three and Jimmy landed on it. Kind of half-assed, just didn't land on that leg all the way. But By the way, Josh Hart has won the award for most annoying player in this series, right? Might might have. I think he's clinched it. But he almost got Jimmy's ankle, and I thought you were probably going to have an aneurysm at home. Maybe you missed it. 
he just he doesn't look right. And I don't know if the ankle was why he couldn't get it going later, if it was something else. But we'll talk about uh, Jimmy's ankle with Dr. James Ross. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho to learn more today. They sat outside of Madison Square Garden chanting bleep Trey Young. I mean, what a bunch of dorks. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leaning-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. I feel fine. I'm not panicked at all. Sure, the Knicks could come back. The Knicks could force a Game 7. The Knicks could very well win the series in seven games, but I am not concerned because the Heat still, despite one of their worst games of the postseason, their second-to-worst game of the postseason, they were down and out in the third quarter, pulled it within two, and did so largely without the contributions of Jimmy Butler. I feel great about them coming back Game 6 right off of the shores of Biscayne Bay. What was the most frustrating part last night for you of the Heat performance, the Panthers performance, or both? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. He's Stone LeBanowitz. Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken LeVick. I'm live. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You know what triggered everything last night? It was Julius Randle's three at the end of the first. The Heat are, are rolling. And then Julius Randle pops that three right at the buzzer. And, it, like, the Knicks only scored 14 points in the first quarter. Barely. But that Randall three sort of got everything going because the Knicks came out firing, firing in the second quarter. That he would eventually come back, take the lead, trail at halftime. But it was really, really, really frustrating to see all of that. And then the jumper going into halftime, and just everything, like, fell apart. Everything fell apart. To get down 19. But but it's not just the three-point shooting that was bad. Uh, this from John Jablanca of Miami Heat Beat. In the second and third quarter, the Heat gave up 70 total points. The Knicks shot 12 of 18 from two, 10 of 20 from three. Like that, that did not help. It's a tough stat. The Heat not only didn't shoot from deep, but the Knicks offense was the best that it's been the entire series. And since that Cavaliers series. And I've also seen a rash of Bam Adebayo's dirty. Bam Adebayo, dirty player. He stepped on Jalen Brunson's ankle in game three. Well, if Jalen Brunson's not throwing himself to the floor uncontrollably, trying to come back from a double-digit deficit, there's no stepping on the ankle. Oh, moving screens, moving screens. Stop. You don't you, Tell me you haven't watched the NBA before the postseason without telling me you haven't watched the NBA before this postseason. Knicks fans, like you said yesterday, don't know ball. Like, he took Quentin Grimes. He, he, he set a screen on Quentin Grimes late. Grimes was sort of rubbing his jaw, and I've seen a bunch of video of that. Oh, moving screen, moving screen. Wait, Knicks fans are going to sit here, and they're going to talk about hard screens. I grew up, my prime as a sports fan was watching Michael Jordan get absolutely destroyed and seeing... The Patrick Ewings of the world and the John Starks 
and the Derek Harpers and the Charles Oakleys and the Charles Masons and and, and uh, the Larry Johnsons elbow and cheap shot their way through the Eastern Conference playoffs. You love those teams. You love those guys. Those are Heat legends. But now, now, an opponent's playing too dirty? Like, which one is it? Is it the Knicks' glory days or is it Bam's a dirty player? Which one is it? Which one is it? Just make up your mind. The most frustrating part about last night for the Heat, most frustrating part about the Panthers, or both, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063, 888-760-3776. Let's start in Delray with Mitch on Ken Levicka Live. Hi, Mitch. Hey, thanks for giving me on. It's actually my first call to any sports show. I was driving uh, from work to get some lunch. I'm down here in Delray. Nice. And as someone who hasn't seen the Knicks win a championship since I'm 10 years old, I only know one thing. At some point, they're going to make you sad. <laughs> <laughs> when we couldn't get through Michael and the Bulls, we ran into Elijah on, who was the only one better than Ewing. Yep. So it's always the same thing at the end. I actually went to game four. I had the best seats of my life uh, through a brother's friend. And there was never one point in the second half that I thought the Knicks had a chance to win. Yeah. Watching the game last night, I was just waiting for them to lose. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I'm just being honest. Uh, so at work today, when they said, what do you think about tomorrow? I said, I'll be rooting for him, but you couldn't get me to bet a penny on him. And you couldn't get me to bet a penny on him last night. Yeah. I just think the Heat are better coached. I think they've been there three or four times in the last five years. And I think the Knicks, when, it, when the true moment comes, will not be there tomorrow night. Mitch, I'm telling you, it is one, one. I think that that's extremely reasonable. What I will tell you, I can't stop heaping praise on Jalen Brunson because that guy is an absolute dude. Uh, he rules, and I think the Knicks... And appreciate the call. Appreciate you weighing in. Um, the Knicks are one scorer away from being a real big problem. But it can't just be all Jalen Brunson. You can't go through more postseasons with Jalen Brunson and elimination games having to play 48 minutes. Like That that can't happen. Here comes Jalen Brown. Here comes Boston's Jalen Brown. Stop it. Now you're being a Knicks fan. Yeah, what I want to, the, <laughs> This is what they're going to the do. The juxtaposition, though, between what we just heard from Mitch... And what we saw last night via complex, what we heard outside of Madison, I want everybody to understand. You heard Mitch. Hey, I've been at this a long time, and I can't trust the Knicks because they're the Knicks. Like that's so rational. That's so rational compared to compared to outside of Penn Station last night. What we heard from Knicks fans. Bleep Trey Young. Bleep. What are you doing? What are you doing? 888-760-3776. Let's go to David in Palm Beach Gardens on ESPN 106.3. Hi, David. Hello. Let me get you off speaker. Oh, please do. There we go. Absolutely. How you doing? I'm great, You, you guys are great. Thank you. You do a great job. Thank you. So, yeah, I live in Gardens now, but I'm actually from Boston. And Ooh, I, sorry, I, I sorry. got to tell you. It's yeah, been a rough uh, going for but you, first, man. Uh, I mean, the Celtics are a little more than a pile of puke. That's, uh, I mean, and if you said that Jason Tatum is your arch enemy here, then that doesn't say much about Miami either. <laughs> They're just a bunch of walking zombies, the undead. And I don't know if you ever, I mean, <clears throat> sports radio up in Boston has just had all they can handle. 
I mean, they're eviscerating them. I'm and they sure. deserve it. They deserve it. They absolutely do. I cannot believe that you come one second away from going back to TD Garden, up three games to one, and instead now you're facing elimination and Joe Missoula has lost the locker room. It's, he's never had the locker room. He's nothing more than a substitute teacher. I, I mean, he's just, he's, he's a moron. He's, you know who he is? Is that cartoon chicken, Foghorn Leghorn. Uh, I mean, go oh. Google him. Uh, I mean, after the after the press the game, a couple, I think game two, uh-huh. when they had the press conference, they won, they lost game one, they won game two. So at the end of the press conference, he's like, oh, nobody's going to ask me about the adjustments we made in game two? I mean, like, he's bragging. I mean, the guy's a bot. He's a schmageggy. <laughs> he's I, just like this... I will say, I think they're in serious trouble, David, and appreciate the call. Uh, they're in serious trouble, and as we saw yesterday, all he could muster. Uh, yeah, you did you know who Foghorn Leghorn was? By Come way? on, dude, no. You didn't know? No. Uh, Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, joins us here on Ken LeVick Alive. Uh, you know who Foghorn Leghorn is, right? I don't know who that is. Oh, my goodness. It's one of the all-time Looney Tunes characters. All right. Uh, So I feel very old. First of all, Dr. Ross, very accomplished surgeon, someone who has hit the top of his field. He travels with the Florida Panthers, uh, and he makes sure that the most elite athletes in the world are functioning properly. Um, He doesn't know who Foghorn Leghorn is. And then there's Stone, young, up-and-coming media savant. He doesn't know who Foghorn Leghorn is. Then there's me, who absolutely knows who Foghorn Leghorn is, and I feel like I'm the one who's the bigger nerd, the biggest nerd in this entire trio right here. I was going to go with Roadrunner. Pretty close to Looney Tunes, but just, just a little I, off. I, I just Googled him, and I, I'm looking at the picture, and now I do remember who okay. it is. <laughs> you just needed visual confirmation. Yep. <laughs> Dr. James Ross with us here on Ken Levick Alive, brought to you by Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Uh, Dr. Ross, uh, we'll, we'll keep this short and simple, but Jimmy just didn't look right last night. Jimmy Butler, we've talked about it. I know that it is not overly tangible sports analysis to say, oh, well, uh, Jimmy Butler time, playoff Jimmy, he always performs late. Uh, You could say he's clutch. He uh, is someone who uh, shows up in the expanded clutch statistics. Whatever it is, he didn't have it last night. He looked flat. He didn't look explosive. He didn't look like he trusted himself on his own two feet offensively and defensively at times last night. It seems like the ankle is still bothering him. He said after the game, if Spo needs me to play 48 minutes game six, I will be suited up and booted up and ready to play 48 minutes. I'm concerned, though, with that ankle. When it comes to what he can do in a short amount of time, how can he get himself to a more stable spot here in a 36-hour 40-hour time span. Yeah, I mean, with the low, low-grade low ankle sprains, um, they're subject to re-aggravation pretty easily. So my guess is that, I mean, because he looked pretty good the other game, so I think probably at some point he probably re-aggravated a little bit and had a setback. So hopefully over the next 48 hours, they're treating him. They're going through all the modalities that we talked about on the last um, segment with the soft tissue and needling and ultrasound, laser, all that stuff, just to get him as good as possible. And then obviously during the game, either putting some sort of a lace-up boot on or taping his ankle just to give him more stability. But, you know, fortunately these are things that a tough guy like him can fight through and continue to play well. Why, when you do sprain an ankle, and we've all had this, you sprain an ankle and you continue to try and play, walk on it, and it just seems like it's easier to take a misstep 
and it's so it, it, even if if it's not overly painful, you almost see red. You're so angry when you get that step, and all of a sudden your ankle bends, and uh, you you re-sprain it. It's so frustrating. Why does that happen? Why why does it seem like you're so prone to to having that ankle bend again when you try and walk or do anything on a sprained ankle? So an ankle sprain, what that means is it's injury to the ligaments. So a ligament is a structure that connects one bone to another bone. So in the ankle, there are several different small ligaments that connect various bones, such as the fibula, the tibia, the talus, etc. Um, and when they get sprained, they essentially tear and they stretch out. And when they heal, it has to go through this timely process of inflammation, the the fibers kind of mending themselves back together, reorganizing, and that, that process takes a long time. And if it gets re-aggravated over and over during the healing process, then oftentimes they'll heal in a little bit of a looser scenario, which makes it more at risk for giving way and having repeat injury because the ankle is not quite as solid. Uh, so, I mean, Jimmy says he's good to go. He's going to play. That's not a concern of him missing any time. Dr. James Ross with us here, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. So you're not going up to, uh, you're not going up to Toronto for, uh, for, for game five? No, I've got doc- Dr. Yagnik's on his way up there uh, this afternoon. I think he said he's taking a 1 o'clock flight up. So he's got, he's got game five. Okay. Hopefully, well, hopefully they close it out there. I was going to say, there's not going to be any, don't worry, there's not going to be any trip for you up to Toronto for a Game 7, because this whole thing's <laughs> going to be wrapped up by then. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll reconvene when you know whether you're going to New Jersey or, uh, or Carolina with the Panthers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Thank you so much, Dr. Ross. All right, have a great day. That is Dr. James Ross, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Most frustrating part of Heat performance, Panthers performance, or both last night. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And did you know who Foghorn Leghorn was? Because you go around the horn, Dr. Ross didn't know. Stone didn't know. And courtside intern courtside Val did not know. No way that she knew. Um, didn't ask her. I'm just assuming. Uh, I absolutely no knew. I absolutely knew who Foghorn Leghorn was. Uh, actually, pull up a YouTube video because his whole thing is like he's these this deep southern rooster, uh, and he stutters. How about you says, give us? I say, I say, I say. Like this is his thing. I was going to ask for an impression. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. That, that's that's my impression of Foghorn Leghorn. Like, it's one of the most popular Looney Tunes of all time. Did you ever watch any Looney Tunes? You know that's where Bugs Bunny comes from, right? You know who Bugs Bunny is, right? All right don't disrespect Tweety Bird. All right, because. It's all fun until the rabbit's got the gun. All right, I'm, I'm well aware of uh, Elmer Fudd. The, the, yeah, him. Okay. Uh, and you were right with Roadrunner, Wiley E. Coyote, and the Roadrunner. That's Looney Tunes as well. But despite all that, you didn't know Foghorn Leghorn. Nope. All right, let's hear from him real quick. You have it ready? I, <laughs> I mean, I suppose I do. It's if Foghorn Leghorn best today, moments. Before the show started, it's his best moment. Wait, there's a Foghorn Leghorn mixtape. There. You got hit with something? Now what? I say, what's the big idea bashing me on the noggin with a rolling pin? There you go. Anyone's head, boy. That's a head. See what I mean? He's a southern rooster. Yeah, yeah. Southern rooster. He gets gets frustrated a lot. Okay. All right, good. Had you heard of Foghorn Leghorn? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. This show is endlessly stupid. He's Stone Labanowitz. Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 
from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 1063. I just saw something from the New York Jets Twitter account I hadn't previously seen until a couple of minutes ago. Fire me up! Remember, remember that I said that. Write it down because before 2 o'clock, we're addressing a New York Jets tweet from 16 hours ago. Those fools, man. I'm telling you, this is going to be a train wreck of a season for a multitude of reasons for the Jets. I'm going to tell you why before 2 o'clock. This, this is unfathomable. Never in my life would I have allowed that if I was part of the Jets' social media team. Would I have allowed that to see the light of day? Uh, Jeremy tweets in, Stone's never seen Space Jam? Foghorn Leghorn has the best part as the team doctor. Now, that's a great call because that's exactly where I know him from. Appreciate that, Jeremy. Definitely know him from Space Jam. He's a great coach, and he's a big character in that movie. I know. Like, literally, too. What's crazy about... Is that about- embarrassing that I know him from Space Jam? No, more so because than that's Tunes? your generation. All right. But, well, I mean, Space Jam is Looney Tunes, basically. Those are all the Looney Tunes characters. <laughs> right. It's not like they're, like, separate. Yeah, but I would watch Space Jam and be like, oh, let me go watch Looney Tunes. Kind you of know, top down. The best Looney Tune character is Marvin the Martian. He's the uh, guy with the green helmet. He's got the antenna up top. He's got, yeah, he's got, he's got that black face, so he just has the two eyes, and he talks like this. That's a pretty good impression, too, right? Yeah, you got hated on, actually, receiving oh, yeah, text Theo, from Theo. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5. Very, very professional of him. Very professional of him, by the way. TV face here in Palm Beach County in the Seriously. Treasure Coast. Uh, texted me on my Foghorn Leghorn impression. That impression was ass. Thanks, face of sports. In Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, Theo Dorsey. We should report him. Just slander. It's libel. I mean, how dare he, as a pillar of the community, attack me like that verbally? Yeah, and he takes takes plenty of notes on you and how you do your puns, how you use words, emphasis here, there, all the dad jokes. Mm. And then he comes after an impression? I know. Should call him and hear his. Well, he had the guts to try. (laughs) And he clearly, clearly had no idea who Foghorn Leghorn was. Uh, Mike is a Maple Leafs fan. He tweets in, we, Maple Leafs fans, owned that arena last night. The Leafs finally came awake and were winning every battle to the puck. For not selling ticks to Canadians, they sure were in full force. Can't wait to go back Sunday, take my mom. Go Leafs, go. Uh, what I'd say, Mike, no need to take your mom. You might as well set up a brunch date. It's over Friday. It's over tomorrow. It's not coming back to sunrise, okay? Just take your mom to brunch. Trust Uncle Ken. Uh, speaking of Theo Dorsey, though, some good news for him. Last night, this is, this is I'm not making this up. He texted me. I was out to dinner with my family. Uh, texted me at around 630. Uh, hey, bro, is EDS really yes? And I'm like, uh-oh, this man has air conditioning problems. Sure enough, he said the AC's out. I don't know what to do. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Get at EDS immediately. By the end of the night, Theo texted me, all set. He got his AC fixed up. He's got the gold package now at EDS, and he is taken care of. AC working fine. And again, they came out. This was at 6.30 at Nightstone. This wasn't, oh, we'll come by tomorrow. Oh, we'll come by on Friday. Oh, we'll come by on Saturday, like you're getting with the typical AC company. This was saying, oh, man, we know it's hot. It is humid. You need to get your AC working at your house in West Palm. And they went over to Theo's home and got him taken care of because that's what EDS does. They make appointment schedules around you, not the other way around. And EDS is indeed 
Yes, EDS is yes, edsairconditioning.com. Be like Theo, a happy, happy customer, and make it EDS for all your AC needs. And as a bonus, they handle your plumbing needs and your in-home air quality needs as well. EDS is yes, edsairconditioning.com. edsairconditioning.com, they're train comfort specialists. It's hard to stop a train. That's EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. They helped out Theo Dorsey in a tough spot. That AC went down, the red flags popped up, and they came over and said, Theo, let there be air eds air conditioning eds is yes edsairconditioning.com all right we have this new york jets social media nonsense we have this dolphins schedule nonsense by the way the big schedule unveil tonight eight o'clock on the nfl network stone you strike me as someone who tunes into that who's really looking forward to the nfl schedule release i mean every single second of it baby you know what that also means is uh, that we're going to have to have Fort Pierce Westwood head football coach Chris Coquel on tomorrow for a little? Uh, uh, that's a win. That's a loss. Nice. Yeah. Tautel. He's going to be. We call it. He's going to be show. pumped. He's going to be the worst. It's always the worst when we have to have him on. But I'm contractually obligated to have him on to play Tautel. Um, but also, we now have. Uh, this is starting to pick up traction. The Anthony Davis hit to the head. The subsequent media reaction. Stephen A. Smith. People are mad at him. Charles Barkley, people are mad at him. Shaq, people are mad at him over the Anthony Davis concussion that might be a concussion, might not be a concussion, wheelchair incident from last night in the Warriors' win over the Lakers in the Western Conference playoffs. We'll discuss all of that as well. We have a lot to do. Needless to say, there is a lot, a lot, a lot to do. A lot, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. See, that's a good, good foghorn leghorn, right? Do you still have it up? No. Okay. I yes, was going to do. do a little compare and contrast. Yes, I do, actually. Okay. Oh, hold on. I say, I say, why'd you hit me in the head with that hammer? I say, and now that. What are you doing with a pump? Pumping for oil? You're crazy, boy. It's not that There's bad. There's no oil on this ground. Stand up, son. You're falling all over yourself. It's not that bad. Let's hear a stand up, son. You're falling all over stand yourself. Stand up, son. You're falling on all over yourself. You're crazy, boy. There's no oil. Yappity, yappity, See, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. All right, that's Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.